there, welcome back. And if you're new here, thanks for stopping by. Hey, got a question for you. Have you ever reached a point in your life where you thought to yourself, man, I really need to get my shit together? I, I know I have. And I can say that I've honestly have had several of those moments in my life. It's okay, we're friends here. You you're safe to admit that. I know for sure there's been moments in my life where I have veered off track or and had no idea where I was or how I got there. Or worse yet, I felt like that was where I was destined to live out the rest of my days. Such stinking thinking and yet it's very real for each of us. Those moments when we think, dang it, if I don't get my life together now, what's going to happen to me? Or how did I get here? And am I too far gone that I can't get out of this? Or, you know, just those kinds of conversations that we have silently to ourselves, no one else. We don't normally utter those things out loud to anyone because we're embarrassed, right? We're ashamed if our life has gotten so far out of alignment from where we were. Because let's face it, shit happens and life happens. And we, we're not immune to getting off track. I want to talk about that today. Because for many of us, life knocks us down, drags us along. And before we know it, we're either feeling stressed, depressed, anxious, stuck, and way out of our element of living vibrantly. But before we dive right in, I need to let you know that this might be a little shocking. Some of the words I use in here might be a little shocking, and I do that impactfully. I do that for a reason because I want it to impact you. I want it to shock you a little bit, especially if you're in this state of your life's not going the way you want it to. And I want it to kind of shake you a little bit so that you do get motoring again in your life because... I believe that you're worth that. I believe that you are worth getting your shit together and moving forward in your life in a very vibrant way. So before we dive all into this, let me introduce myself to you. My name is Dr. Kelly Ray, and I'm a mindset coach, counselor, notably known as the inner critic tamer. And I am super, uber passionate about helping others just like you and me who've gone through some things that we don't necessarily want to blast out on social, but we know that we want to do better because it not only improves the quality of our lives, but the lives are around us as well. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, to understand that languaging, more importantly, of your inner critic and how to unstuck ourselves from that. And I know that ain't proper English, but you know what I mean. It's trying to switch that switch that seems to be permanently on when we get stuck in these ruts in our life. I want to be able to teach you how to understand the languaging of your inner critic and more importantly, how you can turn that around and tame it so that you're the one in charge, not that that voice inside your head. And during this episode, I want to talk about ways to getting our shit together so that we can get back to fully living vibrantly. This is what I know is there's times when we get off track and like it or not, we sometimes don't like to admit that out loud, which is why we fail to ask for help, right? Because we think we can just fix it ourselves with no help. And, you know, the only person that's going to show up and help us in those moments is our inner critic. And so you can understand how 
we get stuck for a long time, right? If that's our guru is our inner critic, Lord, help us. We're never going to get out of our way. And if we don't admit we've fallen off the wagon of our own life, we either A, pretend it doesn't exist like the muffin tops starting to form over our waist, or B, freak out and max out our credit cards on self-help books and online courses, or C, spend sleepless nights Googling, I don't have my shit together gurus to help us get through and correct our journey. The quickest way I know to get back on track is to give yourself permission to admit, I don't have my shit together. I know, kind of simple, right? But hey, the best thing in life are pretty darn simple. When you're hungry, you eat. When you have to pee, you pee. When you feel like smiling, you smile. If you don't have your crap together, lots of things go wrong. Lots of things can come up and lots of stuff can go down. Heck, there's a million, maybe not a million, metaphors, parallels, and insights about what can happen when you don't have your stuff together. In reality, when you don't have your stuff together, you feel lousy, you aren't excited about life, and you start hating on yourself for not doing the thing or things you keep giving yourself lip service about that you're going to do. It's all one big unconscious mind game that you're playing with yourself. Yet, it's so simple, really, and let me explain. So when a baby has a dirty diaper, what do you do? You take it off, you clean their bottom, and you dispose properly of the diaper so as to not affect Mother Nature or offend anyone, right? Now, here's the funny part. Every day, we have a dirty diaper of our own lives that we don't take care of that offend not only ourselves, but a lot of other people on the planet. And the way we dispose of these dirty diapers of our lives is to wallow in them and make everyone miserable, which begs to question, why do we keep wearing the dirty diaper of our lives instead of getting out of them, cleaning ourselves up and disposing of the dirty diaper syndrome? Why? Because for some reason, we're getting something from the dirty diaper of our lives. But hold on, hold the diaper dispenser and let the baby wipes sit for a minute. If we get ourselves together, dispose of the dirty diapers of our lives, and clean ourselves up, we'll stop hating on ourselves, sleep like babies with less stress in our lives, and wait for it, wait, 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 we might actually get bullshit done. I know, amazing, right? The obvious almost always sitting right there in front of us, and we just have to clean the crap to find the truth. But here's the thing. It won't ever happen until you realize you don't have a... To have a self-help book and loads of credit card debt or go on endless quests to find the right guru. Heck, there's not even anything scientific about admitting you don't have your shit together or removing it from your life. However, have no fear. 
I do have 10 brutally honest, non-scientific ways for you to get out of that rut, to shift what's going on in your life, to improve the quality of your life. So we're going to go backwards here. Of these 10, I'm going to start with number 10, and we're going to work down to number one. Number 10, admit you don't have your shit together. Okay, swallow hard, put on your game face, and for once, between you, me, and the earbuds you're listening with, simply admit you don't have it all together. There's no shame. Really, there isn't. Unless you shame yourself, which is what most of us do when we're infected by not having our stuff together. Yes, I said infected. That's what it is. The infection leaves you feeling unmotivated, frustrated, stops you from getting things done, or maybe finds you doing the wrong things, and it's a downward spiral. If you're going to give yourself permission, I'm authorizing you to stop crapping on yourself. You're human. You can move past this, and this too shall pass. Before you can take two aspirins and call me in the morning, the infection will go away. But only if you realize you're afraid of screwing up. Admit that the need to be perfect phobia is strangling you. And of course, that you can care too much about what other people think. Here's the poop scoop. You're not alone. We've all been there. And no one wants to truly look like a walking shitstorm, do they? I don't think so. But without the storm of life, you can't do awesome stuff. Can't make bold moves. Can't live outside of the shadows. And you'll never learn to step out of your comfort zone without admitting, I don't have my stuff together. And P.S., The comfort zone is not your friend. The comfort zone's fine for a moment as you're going in between the next things that you want to do. But I can tell you if you stay in your comfort zone too long, then unwanted friends start showing up like lazy and shameful and guilty and angry and I have no worth and I can't and all of the other garbage that resonates in the comfort zone for too long. It gets really smelly and stinky there. So what is one to do who has trouble swallowing their pride and admitting their shit does stink? You take little baby steps towards admitting you don't have it all together. I don't know that anybody on us on the planet has it all together. We might have moments of having it together, but look, we're... Every year that we reach, that we've gone another year around the sun, brings on another new opportunity, new experiences that we've never had because we've never been there before. You take little baby steps towards admitting you don't have it all together, one little thing at a time, so that you don't constipate your mind with admitting that too many ways you don't have things all figured out together in your life. Relax. And release one little crappy thing at a time. Number nine, tell your permission phobia to skedaddle. 
Let's be honest, because that's the only way you're ever going to get over yourself. The scary, simple, but oh so complicated step to take after you admit you don't have your stuff together is to give yourself permission to get over it. No lip service, no excuse making, no telling yourself it's too scary, blah, 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 blah. Nope, not going to listen to it. I've said those things to myself and so much more than realized, damn it, I've got to get past my permission phobia. You see, permission phobia is an illness. Ranks right up there with the not good enough headaches, the but, but, but speech impediments, and the can't take action muscle spasms. We've got every element in the world working for us when we won't give ourselves permission to do the damn things we're wanting, meant to be, and desiring to do. Heck, we can't wait for perfection. Stand with our hands out, waiting for other people to bless our decisions. And of course, we can find every silly, annoying, loophole, excuse in the world for not doing something. Then wonder why we can't get our shit together. Hello? I speak at the truth here. Fear of failure, the thought of being vulnerable, learning to trust yourself and the truth of, oh my God, am I really ready to take a stand? Too often paralyzes the permission granted intuition that simmers inside of all of us. Whether we let that intuition come to a full boil and erupt over the sides of the pot that is our lives into delicious entree of permission granted full steam ahead depends on how hungry you are to get yourself together. Is it a craving? A secret little nibble you just want to steal to see if it tastes right? Or is it a full-on feed me Seymour? rampage that satisfies your hunger to get your shit together. Doesn't really matter where you land on the hunger spectrum of getting it together. It only matters that you give yourself permission to make it happen and give that permission to yourself. To make it simple, there's a four letter word to guide you. In fact, this word is almost so obvious that once I share it, You'll probably say to yourself, duh, why didn't I figure this out? Truth is, you do this all the time, and you don't even realize how unconsciously you do it, and it creates results. So are you ready for it? I know you can hardly stand it, right? Waiting to hear what this four-letter word is. The word is feel. And the simple question you want to ask yourself is, how do I want to feel once I give myself permission to get my stuff together, to get my act together, to make my life better, to improve the quality of what it is I want? How do I want to feel? Yes, it's that simple. Once you know how you want to feel, now you have a goal. The how you get there will be easier to determine because you will have something to focus on, which is how you want to feel. So go ahead, give yourself permission to ask, how do I want to feel once I get my act together?
Number eight, confront the confusion. I know, I know, I know. Confrontations aren't fun unless you're one of those crazy, sadistic weirdos. But some confrontation has to be had, even though it's not fun. However, if you don't confront your confusion, any confusion head on, you won't get anywhere. When you're in confusion, you avoid making decisions. You get all in your silly excuses as to why you can't do something. And you'll do anything but the thing that you should be doing. Here's the thing. You need to dig in and ask yourself, why am I feeling so confused about getting out of my own way? This is where radical honesty comes into play. Because let's be honest, it's hard to admit we are the ones holding ourselves back. Not a job, not a place, not a person. Us. Where the confusion comes in is when we're trying to place the circumstances outside of ourselves. An example, my job sucks, that's why I can't get ahead. The same can be true about weight gain, unhealthy relationships, depression, etc. The confusion lies within our unwillingness to do whatever it takes to shift those circumstances and remaining victimized by our excuses or reasonings, which then brings me to number seven. Stop making excuses. As a kid, a teen, a young adult, college grad, wife, divorced woman, single mom, I can tell you, that I am an excuse machine and I've more than heard my fair share of excuses. From myself, my kid, my ex, my bosses, my coworkers, my clients, etc., etc., etc. This isn't headlining news. We can all make excuses like nobody's busyness. Yep, you heard me say that. I said busyness. And I know it's not a word, but go with me on it. You see, excuses are making busyness is a form of making busyness, keeping yourself distraction. It'll keep you from getting your shit together every time when you're too busy thinking of all the reasons and excuses and rationalizations as to why you can't do what you need to do to get out of your own damn way. Even if you say you don't want the excuses to get in the way, they do until you realize you create these excuses and you're the culprit. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just stating facts. We all do this. You'll know you're suffering from excuse making if you constantly permit, and I said permit, things to get in the way. It's rare that things get in the way by their own doing unless you happen to be driving a car or walking down the street. Movement often leads things getting in the way. Sitting still on a comfy couch of your unfulfilled life doesn't provoke stuff to leap out of nowhere and get in the way. If you think that's what's happening, then you're eating too many Mary Jane edibles. Just saying. Another symptom that you're in an excuse-making machine is that you kind of get a little excited about overwhelm as much as you hate overwhelm. You can... Replace that word with drama. You might think it's kind of cool to be a part, to witness drama, but 
You also don't want to be a part of drama. You make an excuse and it overwhelms you. You stop making excuses and that thought of taking action overwhelms you. Funny how that works. And before you know it, you're making excuses for taking action and not taking action. It's okay. You're a human. A human excuse maker, just like the rest of us. But you can change that. How? Get down and dirty with your excuses. You got to get real honest about the things that you're saying, the limitations that you're putting on yourself. And again, I know that you will put them under the umbrella of realistic, but I'm going to tell you that more times than not, they're excuses, not realism. Start slinging the mud of excuses and digging into why you're afraid to look like a fool or afraid you'll make the wrong choice. Or my favorite is, if I do this, then I'm not responsible. Hello, wake up and smell the latte here. Truth is, you are responsible, so own it. Own your excuses and the lack of action, direction, ambition, motivation, whatever the word is that you need to own. Instead, do a little self-sleuthing and uncover your common excuses. One is going to be the excuse that you make all the time with ease. It's going to be something that you're not even consciously thinking about. The other is going to be the excuse you make, but you kind of cringe when you use it. Take the first one, the easy-peasy one, and dump it immediately, however you can. Let me give you two that are super quick and easy to do that a lot of people do. I don't have time. I don't have money. Drop one of those because pay attention. See if that isn't what you say all the time. It's quite often what people say the most. It's an easy one to, to work around. Trust me, it's probably killing your mojo. It's killing you from having fun. It's killing you from getting in shape. It's killing you from making the money that you want to make. It's killing you from hanging out with the quality time of your family or friends or getting out and living your life. It's time to put those down. Now, let's take the hard one, the one that makes you cringe and Try to uncover and discover. Strip it down to three ways you can begin to quit making that excuse. I know, I know, this sounds like work. But so is getting your shit together. Bottom line, stop making excuses. And before you get all up in my grill about, they aren't excuses but reasons, I'm going to kindly remind you that reasons mean the same thing as excuses. And if you don't believe me, go Google the synonym for the word excuse. Number six, quit living someone else's dream. Oh my God. This is my worst nightmare and probably yours too, but you may not be admitting it yet. Trust me, unless or until you quit living someone else's dream for your life, your life is not going to be where you want it to be. No more living a life of one-way obligations just so someone else can feel comfortable in their skin around you. And that habit you have of being there for everyone else when they aren't there for you, yeah, that's getting a double flush with love. It's time to stop the miserable constipation of living dreams that aren't your own. 
Instead, lovingly, with confidence and self-care, realize that if someone gets offended because you burst their dream bubble of who you are, that's on them, not you. No need to keep fearing losing friends or family or shying away from your happiness, real happiness, because it scares you. It's time to get clear, like a Windex shine, and know what dreams you want and go for them. There is one caveat. When you pursue your dreams and step away from others' dreams for you, don't be a jerk about it. Be real, but not crass. Remember the saying, hurt people hurt people, and although you may have been hurt, heal that stuff so you're not inadvertently hurting anyone else as you live your vibrant life. Number five, stop apologizing and start owning you. Not sure how and why this all started, but somewhere down the generational lines of humanity, like excuse making, we became apology addicts. Again, don't roll your eyes and act like you don't do this. Every one of us apologizes for stuff that needs no apology for. Here's the thing that I know to be true. Most people who apologize for everything they do fear standing up for themselves, are afraid of confrontation and ridicule, and don't like getting out of their comfort zone. So they apologize and apologize for everything they do, even if it means they ate everything on their plate. Apologizing has its place, but it shouldn't rule your life so much that you can't clean up your shit in your life. If you are apologizing for taking time to yourself, then you are shortchanging you. And the only person you should apologize to is you. If you apologize for not wanting to do something because you don't want to do it, own it and don't do it. Again, don't be rude about it, but simply say something like, hey, that's really not my thing and I'd rather not do it. Don't say anything else. Leave it at that. You don't have to make excuses. You don't have to justify it. Nothing. As soon as you become an an apology addict, you start to diminish your self-worth and lose yourself. Once you've lost yourself, it's very hard to find your way back to you and back to getting yourself together. So here's a little trick. I learned that works on so many fronts. It's called closet tools. Closet what, you might ask? (laughs) Let me explain. What I discovered as I came out of my own closet of darkness and that of those I've guided out of all kinds of different closets is that everything you need to come out of the closet is in your closet. All the tools, abilities, tips, tricks, insights, strategies, all of that. Whatever closet you're hiding or stuck in contains everything you need to get out of that closet. All you have to do is find the stuff that you've used in the past to be successful or things that make you confident and capable and leverage them. Same holds true for learning to stop apologizing Whatever makes you confident, capable, and committed to speaking your truth will make you confident, capable, and committed to stop apologizing. So that's your next assignment. Make a list of what makes me feel confident, capable, and committed 
to stop. Go ahead. Make that list. Pause this if you need to and then come back because we're going to move on to number four. Create and live your own non-negotiable shit list. It's not negotiable. How many times throughout history have those three words been spoken that changed the fabric of our lives? Now, I'm no historian and don't want to take up any of your valuable time here to give a history lesson. But I am sure each of us can recall numerous times in our own history or at someone else's hand, we've heard the words, it's not negotiable. Depending on how that phrase gets delivered, it's either a deal breaker, a button pusher, or a winner. So for you, Mr. or Mrs. Get Your Shit Together avoider, I want those three words to become a winner-winner chicken dinner. Not sure why I just used that phrase, but it's out there now. I said it. But I regress. We're here to talk about non-negotiables, which actually, for me, weekend mornings are non-negotiable in my life. They are my time, and I decide what I choose to do on those mornings. So see, that's a perfect example of having a non-negotiable in your life that keeps life from becoming a shitstorm. There's no room on my weekend mornings for wishy-washy thinking about what to do or feeling failing to take a stand for my desires. I set my intentions and I follow through with confidence, not allowing others to influence my weekend morning routine unless I choose to let that be the direction I decide to go. For most of us, though, we forget to set our intentions for our lives and then find ourselves in wishy-washy state of caving in and having low self-esteem, lacking confidence, being overtly influenced by others, and chase quick wins because we bend our non-negotiables. It happens. And the way to get over it is to remind yourself, this is me, I'm worth it, and if I don't set up a few or a lot of non-negotiables in my life, My shit is going to continue to stink and not in a good way. Of course, setting up your non-negotiables can be as scary as finding yourself naked at Times Square. But if you're always caving in and not keeping your commitment to yourself, then you shouldn't be surprised when things start to go sideways. So stop the unnecessary smoke blowing up your skirt and step into your confidence and build a small list to start of non-negotiables for your life. These will become your guidepost, your North Star, your... Wait, wait, wait. I'm starting to sound like a guru here. And I said I didn't want, and you don't need a guru. So let me get myself together here. Here's all you need to do to create your non-negotiable list. Make a list of things that you do, that when you do them, you find yourself saying... Why did I do that? Trust me, all of us have a core list of things that we do that ends up in that question. Then take that list, just five or ten things, and define the exact opposite of what you'd like to do in that situation. Don't judge it or make any excuses. And if you need to, re-listen to number seven. 
make the opposite list, and then that becomes your starting non-negotiable manifesto for living your life shit-free. Number three, trust your gut instinct. We all have a gut instinct. And somewhere after five years old, many of us have stopped using it. Why? Life's experiences. That's the short answer. But the longer answer is, we've all had life experiences that cause us to doubt our own gut instinct. And more often than not, it's a result of not honoring or trusting ourselves. Sometimes we want something so bad that with all the red flags trying to slow us down and tell us this is not the way to go, we override that gut instinct and go for that thing we want. Then when that doesn't work out the way that we wanted it to, we think our intuition is off. It wasn't. We were not honoring it. When you ignore, can't tap into, or don't trust your instincts or intuitions, Your symptoms usually look like this. Logical thinking rules your life. Following your heart and soul is too woo-woo. You're afraid of other people telling you that you're too sensitive and you consistently don't trust yourself to believe yourself. I could go on, but this isn't supposed to be a depressive downward spiral that destroys your ability to trust your instinct. No, this is about guiding you to go with your intuition. Trust yourself. Take a risk. Allow uncertainty to be the playground. And let being wrong and not good enough have a front row seat in your life every once in a while just to see it won't crumble or fall apart. You're not going to die from following the intuition road. After all, look at what happened when Dorothy and friends followed the yellow brick road. Turned out pretty doggone good. And the wicked witch gone. It's time for your wicked witch of avoiding your instincts, intuition, trusting your gut, whatever you want to call it, to go away, far, far away. Consider your intuition and instinct your own personal roadmap to being able to say, there's no place like home. Home being where you fully trust yourself to follow your intuitive hits. Of course, it'll be scary because we don't know the outcome. But do we really know the outcome of anything? And when we pursue having to know the outcome, we often just create more crap in our lives to have to deal with. Go for the outcome and goal, but leave room to trust your intuition. Here's a great way to begin to exercise that muscle. Think back over your life, however far back works for you, to a time or times where you trusted your gut instinct. I suggest making a little timeline of intuitive hits. What you will find is that your instinct has served you and probably served you well over and over and over again. So tap back into those moments. Explore how you felt when the intuitive hit happened. Ask yourself, what was the outcome? And what did you learn from following your instincts? Then use those observations to start working your intuition muscle now. Each and every day, in every way. Number two, accept that shit happens and that's when shifts happen. I believe that when we are in our biggest storm, that 
it's when our biggest shifts happen. And I realize I'm not the first to say that. However, here's where I feel like I try to play this differently. I willingly allow and give permission to myself to dive into the shit storms of life. Not always because again, <laughs> hey, I'm human, but when I'm at my most mindful state of being, I actually say, okay, this stinks, but let's dive in and get through this. Is it easy? <laughs> Please. It's as hard, if not harder than being in the shit storm of life. Because having to be accountable for your own self and what part you may have played in things getting to where they are, whew, that's, that's, that's some humbling pie right there. You stand there afraid to fail, knowing you'll do anything to avoid pain, trying to force your perfectionist side to take control and telling yourself if you don't let your compulsion fix or save the day, you're screwed. Okay, play it that way. Or you could dive into the messiness, hold on through the detours, embrace change and pull out your own version of a lightsaber and battle your way through the distractions that are keeping you from your goal. Getting over yourself. My neighbor, Audrey, my best friend, she passed away this April. One of the things she always used to say when she would feel like her life was hitting one of those shitstorm sides is, what can I learn from this? What is my part of this? Always she would do that. She would then jot it down and then make strategies and movements forward with what she knew to do. But she never avoided it. She head on went after it because she just learned over life. It just prolonged her happiness. It prolonged her vibrant living. If she sat in that bucket of crap misery of life's not happening or life's happening to me, not for me. And she learned to flip the script. She just like, nope, what's my part? What do I need to learn from this? Boom, move on. It's all about being curious and taking a three-pronged approach to accepting that shit happens so that you can make the shift happen. So what are the three prong approach you ask? One, allow yourself to sit in the shit of life. Then two, ask, what can I learn from this? And then three, determine how can I fix this? And remember, the how is really what do I want to feel? Because the feeling will guide you to the how. I realize it's not that simple. But if you think about it, by simply following this path with patience and permission, you will become more clear-headed and able to invite the shift in. Try it out. Think of something right now in your life that isn't working. Be with it. Love on it. And just about the time you think you can't love it, ask, what can I learn from this? Ask it over and over and over and over and over again until you can come up with the one, two, three. However many answers that it takes for you to shift so that you can then accomplish number three, which is how to fix this. And I know, go ahead, some of you are going to be skeptical, but trust the process, the unknown, the scary uncertainty, and then smile a shit-eating grin when you make the shift and get out of your own way. Number one, 
Admit that most storms are short-lived and self-created. Okay, I know I just lobbed the big mother load on you for this last one. Heck, I've lobbed this one on myself several times, and it's rarely pretty until I swallow that mindful version of x for the thoughts and realize I created most of the stuff that's happening to me, and most of it will only last as long as I allow it to. Now I hear the ground and feel the BS daggers you're throwing my way, but give me just a moment to explain. If you lose your job, you may not have had anything to do with it. However, your reaction to it is what determines the longevity of the suffering of this loss creates. Even in the worst storms, such as loss of loved ones, divorce, cancer, weight gain, volcanic eruptions, out of control politics, war, pandemics, All of these things, we can have a hand in fixing if we own our reaction of it. And what I mean by that is our thoughts and perceptions around the storms. It's often these bigger storms that knock us down longer. And at some point, you have to shift your thoughts and perceptions of the storm in order for it to change its direction. I know. It's not necessarily simple, but it is the simple shifts that create the big movements. So now you get a practice. Think of three crappy things you're going through right now in your life. What's the first thought you have about that situation? Write it down. Then how does it make you feel when you have that thought? Now I want you to change that thought. Change it to something where you feel empowered. Now how do you feel? And now what can you do? They say it's all mind over matter. I say it's just letting your thoughts know you're the driver in this car. And you're taking charge. And you're not afraid to take charge and make changes in your life. As we begin to wrap up this week's episode, I want to remind you that life is too short to be miserable, depressed, anxious, stressed, feeling like shit, or keeping your life on hold. You are worth far more than that. And if you found this episode helpful, then I'm going to encourage you to not only subscribe and follow it, but I'm going to encourage you to share it because you just never know who might be going through a storm And maybe you've tried to help them get out of the storm, but maybe you're too close to the situation. And somebody from the outside who's not even involved in their storm could create another scenario by them just listening to this that'll help them get out of their own way. And I know you'd want that for them as much as I know you'd want that for yourself. Also, if you need help personally, to get through this and and I can help you along that journey. I'm going to give you ways that you can connect with me and we can schedule some time for you to do that. So ways that you can connect with me. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Kelly Ray B. B is in brown. I'm on TikTok at Dr. Kelly Ray.
My website is drkellyray.com and my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. Until next week, please know I send you so much love.